This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at infinitepotato.com. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. No toxic fandom. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray. Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All right, it was a miracle. Can we go now? Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I was thinking, you know, there is someone out there right now that was born in the 90s that will one day become famous for being the last person alive that was born in the 20th century. I hate you so much for pointing that out. (laughs) (laughs) Joining me tonight in the historic Infinite Potato Studios, we have Rick. How are you doing, sir? This means something. It's important. <laughs> Scott is here as well. How are you, sir? Do, 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 do. <laughs> and we have Chris as well. How's it going, sir? I'm too busy playing with my mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. be better off than Richard Dreyfuss, because I don't know what the hell he had on his plate. Because that was not mashed potatoes. <laughs> that was plaster of Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, we are going to continue talking about the 100 greatest movies of all time, according to IMDb. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we've been watching recently there's been a lot of shows that have started recently a few movies have come out um i'll get the ball rolling last week i watched chippendale rescue rangers and that movie was perfect that movie was perfect it was great (laughs) i didn't know okay so it was better than it had any business being um besides the fact that it's loosely based on a cartoon from the 90s if you haven't seen, if you've never seen Rescue Rangers, you can still watch this movie because I mean it's it's really not like a movie version of that. This is just this is about Chip and Dale. They used to be on a TV show. Now they're not, and they're and they're going on an event. And all the other characters from Rescue Rangers basically are cameos in this movie. You know, so um, they tell you everything that you need to know. Uh, it's more of a like an update of Who Framed Roger Rabbit than anything else because of all the all the uh, other cartoon characters that show up in the background including uh, roger rabbit who has yeah a roger rabbit doesn't have a cameo ugly and, sonic and, ugly sonic a is very, a character in this yeah that was good <laughs> and a very brief cameo from the concept of dip 
concept of what? Dip from from Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah 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 um, yeah. I was I was halfway expecting uh, some version of like uh, Doom, you know, Christopher Lloyd's character from Roger Rabbit to show up, but uh, but they did. I, I I won't go too far into it because I don't want to spoil anything. But they, um, I, I like who the bad guy turned out to be. Um, which I think they gave away in the trailer, but I don't remember, so I'm not going to say anything about it. But I like that Chip was still a cartoon, but now Dale is a CGI because he had the CGI surgery. <laughs> so he's a CGI version of himself. And uh, and I like that um, Monterey Jack, if you ever watch Rescue Rangers, you know that Monterey Jack, if, there was, if he smelled cheese, he went into like a trance or whatever. And they play it up in this as though it's like a drug habit that he has to kick, <laughs> you know. So um, it, it was, it was, it's a really good movie. And well, well, let me ask you a question: They don't talk like Chip and Dale. They're Chip and Dale, okay. but they don't talk like Chip and That's Dale. Do they, 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 have, they don't do that. They don't do that. No, they don't still have the the effete British accent that Chip and Dale had originally. No, no this is John John Mulaney and um, Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg are doing the and, voices. Chip and Dale never had a British accent. You're thinking of the two gophers or whatever that were on Bugs Bunny. Oh, no, no, no. After you, after you. That was Looney Tunes. Chip and yeah, Chip and Dale, oh, Dale just... were Disney. Yeah, Chip, Chip and Dale were oh, Disney. Yeah. I've been making that mistake for like 20 years. No, You're Chip, welcome, Rick. Chip and, Dale are, uh, Chip and Dale just had like really high pitched like Alvin and Chipmunk voices. Oh, okay. You know, I, I never watched the show, so I, I just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, well, yeah. They I mean, it was a 90s They were ripping each other off, so it was like it's like, like I said, if you, there's a there's a Looney Tunes version of everything that Disney did and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Rescued Rangers was like, uh, I mean, because Chip and Dale have been around since like the 50s or 60s or whatever. You know, they used to just they used to give Donald Duck a hard time, you know, living in this Christmas tree yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that short. That short was classic. <laughs> With them and Donald's the, Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. But then the uh, the the Rescue Rangers was you know Disney Disney Afternoon used to bring back a lot of their old characters and do like a new version of them like they had they brought Baloo back from Jungle the Jungle Book and did uh, Tailspin you know and that's what Rescue Rangers was it was only on the air for like three years but they did like a hundred episodes or something like that you know but uh, but yeah I mean I I, I recommend it. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny, uh, if you've, and it's family friendly, you know, they, they, it's, it's Disney plus, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty safe. Um, it's full of Easter eggs. I mean, you're, you're, you're going to find, you're going to find something to laugh at. I was laughing all the way through it, you know? Um, but yeah. What about you guys? What have you been watching? I actually have something for the to, to answer for this for a change. Okay. Because usually I'm like, I ain't watch shit. Um, now, I don't know if if you got yeah. It is that does anyone else think that Rick is a little bit on the quiet side? Am I am I not am I too far a away? A little bit. Is this better? That is better, yeah. Okay. Um have y'all watched the new kids in the hall at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I will grant you that Kids in the Hall was a very niche show. Uh, and much like SNL, the ratio of funny to, yes, 
crushing your head and the chicken lady and all of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, I love the kid. I love the kids in the hall back in the nineties. I, I saw them live. They did a live tour and I saw them and they were hilarious live. Uh, and so I was cautiously optimistic when I heard they released, they, they did a new, they were doing a new show and they won me over in the first episode because they were like, we're not trying to pretend that we're not 60 year old people trying to re <laughs> recoup the, 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 the glory days of our youth. And they just lean into being old farts doing, doing, trying to do new stuff. Um, it's still, you know, more of it is kind of like, yeah, instead of like, ha ha ha. But you really, you really have to admire their commitment and the fact that they're not just sitting back and going, we're going to do all our old shit. They're, they're doing new stuff and they're, they're acknowledging the fact that, you know, they're, you know, it, it, that they're all in their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, whatever. Uh, maybe not 70s, but you know, they're, they're like my age and maybe a little bit younger than me. So uh, I will warn you, penises do show up. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't, I've only, I've only seen the first four episodes, uh, cause my, my in-laws came into town, uh, this week and I only just found out about it last week. Uh, but I, if you were a kids in the fan, kids in the hall fan originally, uh, I highly recommend the new one. If you haven't heard of them, I'd say, you know, watch the first episode. If you like the first episode, then keep going. If you don't like the first episode, you're not going to like any of the rest of it. You know, it's not a show that you're, I'm going to say, you got to get through, you know, half the season and then it gets good. No, if you, if you like what you see in the first episode and it's like 27 minutes long, if they're not, they're not, you know, it's not a huge time commitment. Um, if you like what you, they're, they're out there, they're a Canadian comedy troupe. If you're not familiar with them, they were on Showtime in the, in the nineties. And so they were, you know, SNL without the, the censors kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they, Dave, oh hell, what's his Dave Foley. Dave Foley. Dave Foley was in a, was in a series. And so he became like, you know, the, the breakout star. I forget what he was in a, was he news, a radio. news radio, news radio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're all, they're, you know, even, even when they did the tour, Dave was, you know, he was in the, he was on the tour and it wasn't like, here's the guy who's a star and the rest of us are just guys that used to work with them. They, there was, it was never like that. They're, they're a lot of fun, little, little twisted, very <laughs> twisted, <laughs> but, but I can, I recommend it. Okay. All right. What about the what about, Scott? What about you? Um, I've been. It feels like I've been watching kind of a lot, but that might just be be due to the fact that I'm on this show so rarely that I don't get a chance to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> uh, Chippendales Rescue uh, Rescue Rangers. I did watch that. Um, I've been watching uh, some movies that I never really got around to watching in the past. Um, uh, to line up with uh, episodes of uh, We Hate Movies, uh, podcasts that I listen to regularly. Um, the the podcasts that they put out, I consider them to be funny enough that I will go out of my way to watch a movie that I never cared enough to watch before, because then I get to listen to their episode about it, and mm. that makes it worth it. So um, I 
finally watched, I think for the first time, uh, Top Gun and Soylent Green. Um, as, 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 as two examples. Um, uh, next up, pretty soon, I think will be the original Firestarter. Um, mm, in addition, uh, in addition, I, uh, of course, watched the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, but the latest uh, full series rewatch that I decided to do um, I watched, I want to say the first season and a half to two seasons of this show, but I never got around to watching the final three seasons of it. Um, and it really makes me wonder, was this like a popular show when it was out and I just missed the boat on it? Or is this an under the radar, good sci-fi show that more people should know about? And that would be the TNT original Falling Skies with Noah Wiley um Will Patton and Moon Bloodgood. Yeah, I watched the first few episodes of that and um I thought it was all right. It was I think that correct me if I'm wrong. Did that come out like around the same time as Lost? Uh, probably. I think, yeah. it was, right, yeah. I think it was not long after Lost, yeah. All right, yeah. I I'm I just gonna, I know I watched here. it. it was... I remember seeing the first the first several episodes. My wife was watching it with me, and it was because at that point I would have watched and probably still would watch anything with Moon Bloodgood in it. So, um she was a real draw for me. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed was, the show, but I kind of fell off. It was 2011 that the show uh began. Oh, so I would say that that's like way way Yeah, ago. Lost went off the air in 2010. So, oh, wow. Wow, that's, that's the year Sharon was born, so I stopped living anything other than being a parent at that point. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't realize that that show had gone on for so long, Scott. Yeah, f- five seasons, um, and from the looks of it, um, it got a proper um, uh, conclusion. No, you know, cliffhanger with with no renewal for the for the following season. Um, and like I said, I think I only got to maybe the end of season two. Um, but I'm going back and doing the whole thing over again. Um, I'm still about halfway through season two right now. And I'm, I'm really enjoying the show. I don't know if it's the, um, if it's just the setting and the world building that they did right at the beginning uh, that makes it you know so easy to just jump in and, and yeah, enjoy the ride, the, the making their own rules. Um, see, uh, Episode one of the series sets the stage that uh, an alien invasion that happened a matter of months beforehand had wiped out approximately 90% of the human population, and the survivors are basically in uh, small resistance groups just trying to uh, stay low, stay alive, and and fight the aliens. So they're kind of paramilitary groups with a lot of civilians. Um, Wolverines! (laughs) Um, and I found, especially after finishing that uh, that full 15 season um, watch through of ER, that uh, I like Noel Wiley. I think that he's really good. He's he's an enjoyable to watch, and I've always been a fan of Will Patton. I think he he's the type of character actor that can really just latch onto whatever role that you want to give him and. Uh, and, and run with it, and he's do, doing a great job. I'm really interested to see where this series goes um, in the upcoming 
uh, three seasons. I'm excited to see how this one turns out. And then I have to think of what to watch next. It's always tough because I'm trying to find something that I can have on at work where I can pay enough attention to it to follow it, but I don't have to give it my sole attention because then I'm neglecting work, which is why I will never bring the expanse. That has to be a watch at home show. And I don't always have time for watch at home shows. I can't always set aside that, that type of focus time. Um, uh, the uh, last thing that I'm sort of watching is I've recently uh, begun playing the uh, Spider-Man uh, console game that uh, was released uh, along packaged with a limited edition PS4 console. Um, mm. I contacted my ex-wife and said, hey, does he play that game anymore? Does, does the little <laughs> man play that game? Can I, can I borrow that game? I think I want to give it a try. And then I, I popped it in and I gave it a try. And now I, like, I can't stop playing. Like, I stay up later than I should playing this game. I, I can't put it down. It's way too much fun. <laughs> I want to go back because I feel like we just brushed over the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and that's like the biggest show that came out <laughs> recently. But um, as of this recording, they have aired the first two episodes. I think the, the next episode comes out tomorrow, which would be Wednesday. And um, uh, I, I, I thought that what we got so far was really good it's it's obviously it's a bridge between prequel stuff and original trilogy stuff uh but it brings back some of the original characters because you got even mcgregor coming back as obi-wan you've got jimmy smith showing up as the the with the king of alderaan or whatever he's called on did did he have a stroke or like is his is he having spine problems or something because it's like no he's just getting old yeah yeah, but i mean he is not moving like you know, I'm watching him. It's like the dude's in pain, just standing there, trying trying to stand there. I think no. I think the pain is that Jimmy Smith having to come back and, and just play up. this character <laughs> that nobody really cared about in the first place. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, but, I started caring about the character when he was played by Jimmy Smith because I think Jimmy Smith is awesome. Yeah, Jimmy Smith is awesome. Yeah, but, <laughs> but he was Bell Organa. Bell yeah, Organa. he's yeah. the yeah. the guy that adopted and Leia, his adoptive but, dad. Yeah, yeah, and um, they're trying to make him look as young as he was. <laughs> you know, well, I guess he would be ten years older than he was at the end of Re- Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except he's a lot older than that. <laughs> Yeah, because it's, it's just his body years, language is, is five years almost. Yeah, I, I, I think if we were to go back and take a look, I think we would probably find that he looks older in Obi Wan Kenobi than he did in Rogue One, which took place probably what another fifteen years after Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, well, yeah, that came out what seven years ago now, something yeah. like that. Um. But I, the the only thing that I did roll my eyes about with the show is that the plot is that Leia gets kidnapped and has to be rescued. Like that's what the first movie was about. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and also, Obi Wan is not being subtle about stealing meat from his job every day. And like I, I keep I keep thinking he's gonna get caught. I kept waiting for that to be a plot point, and it wasn't. Dude. I, yeah. I can't believe he got away with that. Yeah, I mean, it was, he wasn't even hiding it. He was just like, put the meat in the napkin, wrap it up, put it in my coat, you know, and there we go. While everyone else has already left the line and they're heading up for the for the time clock. He's not he's even still... taking it to eat. He's taking it to feed to his animal 
or whatever no, he, he's, that he's sharing it. Yeah, he, he's sharing <laughs> it with his with his pack animal. But still, I absolutely anticipated that you know it, they're going to take the rule of three, and the third time that he put it in there, the boss was going to see it, and he was going to you know berate him, and he was going to withhold his money and take the meat and fire him from his job, and he was going to have to use all of his restraint not to go to the dark side and take this guy's goddamn head off. Yeah. But no, I'm going <laughs> to be a good guy. <laughs> and they this, this, you this is any my other take on the first. This is my take on the first two episodes of Obi Wan. Thrill as Ewan McGregor doubts himself while hiding behind boxes. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So, so my thing with uh, with with this whole Obi Wan hiding on Tatooine, he's not hiding very hard because he's still going by Kenobi. Just like they're not trying that hard to hide Luke because he's still going by Skywalker. You know, <laughs> well, that's because Lucas was an idiot when he wrote the original movie. <laughs> I'm sorry, and, I mean, and because I, I Luke hope Lars this picks sounds up, this, ridiculous. This is exactly like the beginning of the Book of Boba Fett, where it was like, "We're gonna just—they've uh, got six episodes, and these two episodes felt like they were four hours long. It's plodding along. We get it." You're, you know, Obi-Wan is, okay, this is some spoilers, but I'm not, I, I, I don't really, all right, I'm going to, this is a bit of, this, this is some, some, some light range spoilers here. We, we should establish, Chris, did you watch these episodes? I am not going to watch them, so it's fine, spoiler away. Okay. <laughs> so we've got Obi-Wan 10 years after the Jedi have been effectively wiped out. Inquisitors are looking for him. Fantastic performances, awesome makeup. We've got a great new character in Riva who apparently fanhole white supremacist dickwads are already crapping all over her and giving yeah. her shit online. I'll um, I'll crap on that character for for scripting and character reasons. Well, that's not her but, fault though. Right. Um but Star Wars has always had terrible characters and bad writing. I mean, it's been yeah, that way since yeah, I'm, I'm not com- I'm not complaining about, fans. you know, I'm not expecting a solid plot. But the pacing on this show is so freaking slow so far. And we had the same problem with Book of Boba Fett. But Book of Boba Fett was at least interesting. This is like tens of minutes of close-ups of Ewan McGregor worrying. Well, they, <laughs> they paid a lot for that famous face to come back. And, I know, and on but like, show. get on with it. <laughs> um, I am... I am very much taken out of the episodes by how often Riva is disobeying orders. She's acting up. She's getting arrogant. She's overstepping. And then someone will call her on it and say something like, you're trying too hard. And her only response will be, perhaps you're not trying hard enough. Or all we have left are scraps. Then maybe we should be hunting bigger prey. Yeah. I say something referring to up. Well, maybe you should think about referring to down. It's <laughs> I at hate least sand. at least three <laughs> times in in this. It's it's a two part. It it was it was a movie. It was this was not two episodes. This was a premiere movie that they split into two episodes that they released at the same time for no reason. They should have just released a feature length episode to start. But whatever. At least three times. Her only response is to just take what the person said and flip it. She's like the goddamn Sphinx from Mystery Men. <laughs> if you want to pull something you up, you have to push it down. <laughs> Did you guys think that it was odd that they didn't 
put a warning before this episode when the first thing that we see is the clone troopers trying to kill children like three days after a mass shooting in texas uh, was, I, I really i mean somebody had warned me that there was that there was something in the episode and it was i mean it was right up front it was the first scene I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I can't believe they didn't like put but because the, the, Stranger the, Things had something similar, but they did. They put a warning up and said, look, we made this a year ago and uh, recent events and everything. You might, you know, th- this might even, be true. I didn't even make the connection because we just watched it for the first time today. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't make the connection either. I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that it. It's already established the the, the you know, the killing of the younglings was already established. Well, oh yeah, I understand it's, that. Not but. not only that, but it, it's a Star Wars show, which just considering the fact that it's Star Wars, it helps. It it like builds in a, a disconnect between it and any sort of reality. So, I for for me, I wasn't thinking in any way of trying to compare it to you know the modern world just because it's so far removed. But that's just me, and I would absolutely understand if other people did make that connection. Um, it just it's. It's not something that that occurred to me. I have to step away for just like here. All right, um, but I suppose it lines up with. No, I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say. It. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I saw, uh, I went to the drive-in this weekend or this week and uh, saw the Bob's Burgers movie, and. Uh, Mainly because I, everybody, everybody and their brother is going to see Top Gun Maverick, and and I will be honest, and I'm not saying this because I, I posted something on Facebook the other day about people uh, saying that I've never seen such and such because it's like a badge of honor, but I literally haven't. I've never watched Top Gun. I've never seen it, and it's not because I've been like not trying to watch it. It's just. I grew up in the eighties, but I wasn't like movie watching age until the nineties, uh, other than mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. movies and stuff. So it just kind of, it just kind of blew past me. I, and I never, I never went back and watched it. So yeah, I, I didn't avoid it either. It's just not something that I felt the urge or the need to watch. So I just never got to it. So yeah, everybody's it. talking yeah. about how great Maverick is and I want to see it, but I'm not going to go see it until I've seen the first one. So that I know, you know what I'm, what i've been missing i guess all this time mm-hmm. but my wife just surprised me i was like because our, our our my in-laws were here this weekend and then they took the kids with them and so we're like childless for a couple of weeks and uh i said do you want to go you know you want to go see grown-up movies and she said she wants to see maverick i was like really okay because <laughs> I didn't expect that. We what we are going to see everything, everywhere, all at once, or whatever tomorrow. Michelle, yeah, I've been wanting to see that yeah. too. Yeah, um, I have. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did go see the Bob's Burgers movie this week, and uh, because it was at the drive-in, and that was the only that was the only other thing that was showing other than Maverick. So, um, I'm a I am a fan of Bob's Burgers. I love that show, but mm-hmm. if you're expecting something big out of this movie i mean it's just a really long episode of that show <laughs> the i mean there's there's some there's some animated things that are kind of cinematic but um uh, mostly it's the same and it's the same humor but you know 
it's good. I like I laughed all the way through it. It was it was hilarious. So if you like Bob's Burgers, you'll like the movie. So now, Sean, I'm getting some some delay and some stutter from you. Are are you guys getting that on on your a little end? bit? Yeah, okay. but I think it'll be okay with the recording, the actual recording of the episode. Yeah, it's recording on oh, my okay. machine, so all right. And if we're gonna if right we're on. gonna edit that out a little bit, uh, Scott, I don't know if it's you, but somebody is breathing really loud right into the mic, like whistling nose breathing, and it's driving me bananas. And it's gonna drive me bananas. <laughs> um, and I think it's Scott. <sighs> Anyway, because I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> I think it's you, Scott. Hold your breath, Scott. And your chair. You have Matt Dale's chair. Yeah, it, this chair is probably. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I just <laughs> no, noticed. Fine. I've been noticing it a lot during the, you know, whenever it's coming in underneath a lot of stuff. So, so we have been. Okay. Does anybody else have anything they, they want to add that they've been okay. watching? No, nobody even asked me. Chris, like, what I'm been not watching? even here. <laughs> of course, I spent the last two nights binging uh, Stranger Things four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've so, got up through episode. How many? I've never watched an episode of Stranger Things. How many Aren't you proud of yourself? I think I've watched. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm up through episode four and so far. It's really good. I wish that the people writing New Trek would get the Duffer Brothers in to just like kick the shit out of the writers and the writer writers because their seven episodes, their episodes are like they're an hour and a half each, some of them. And you never feel bored. You never feel like it's spinning its wheels. You have a whole bunch of great characters interacting with each other. And I don't even think necessarily that you need the payoff of having three previous seasons to have gotten to know the characters. And there are a couple of quibs that I have with it, but um, I finished it. And of course they're doing now the new Netflix model where they have it's, it's season four, part one, it's seven episodes. And then it says come and see part two um, premiering July 1st. They did the same thing with the the last season of Ozark. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure that this is the last season of stranger things. No next season. Oh, they're going to have a five. They're going to have another season. Yeah. One more. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear it because everybody is really good. And yeah. uh, especially if you like the character Max that they introduced last year, she is so good in this. In this All the kids season. will probably be 30 by the, by the yeah, time the, exactly. next, the next season comes out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does a really good job of like capturing the same f- the feeling. And I can see the pastiches that they're using in this in this one. I, there's It's reminiscent a little bit of It uh the way the big bad works and uh there were a couple of other obvious ones i was just like oh that's like that when i was watching it but it's that's what stranger things is known for it's it's as much as like a pastiche nostalgia show i think as it is uh its own thing but it's very much its own thing so um so you've only seen a couple episodes sean i've I've seen through episode four of this season yeah and rick i assume you don't watch i watched the first episode and it didn't didn't grab me all right. Um, well, here's something I think will grab you, Rick. Um, Laura, my wife, Laura, got a new iPhone. She had to upgrade. They told her her phone was going to stop working. And they said, come in and get the free evil. one. Come <laughs> in and get the, well, they give you a free one. You know, it's a oh. couple of years old, but they give you a free one to replace the one that you have. And with that, they gave us a three month subscription to Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And we've been watching that. She's been watching a show with Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Um, I found reprehensible, but my new favorite show is on Apple TV. Has anybody seen For All Mankind? 
I have been hearing about it for years. Um, I've been meaning to apply to subscribe to Apple TV because I need to watch the Foundation series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I have kind of a, a touchy relationship with alternate histories. And well, this one is created by Ron Moore. And the alternate mm-hmm. history here for anybody that doesn't know um, is that the Russians got to the moon first. So they were the first to land on the moon. Therefore, the space race never ended. And now we're living in an alternate timeline where we're still going to the moon. And um, the end of the second season, it, it takes us a decade. So it starts with the Apollo program in the late 60s, early 70s. And then it goes, the second season goes to the 80s. Apollo is still going on. We have a moon base, a bunch of astronauts. And then the end of the second season, um, they take us to 1995 and there is a Mars expedition. Hmm. So, it, and it's really, Rick, if, I know that you like sort of like realistic when it comes yeah. to that stuff. This is, I mean, as I think as realistic as you can expect from a TV drama about astronauts. And there are some really great characters. I think that you would adore it. And I think anybody listening to this show, it's right in your wheelhouse. If you have Apple TV and you haven't given it a shot, it's it's a great show. It's like my new favorite show. It's the season three is premiering, I think, on Friday or Monday. One is coming out the third. One is coming out the sixth. Um, I, is the third The Boys? I know The Boys is coming out. Oh, yeah. As I, well. Oh. Yeah, it, their third season is coming out. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, third season for The Boys is coming up. Third seasons for All Mankind is coming up. So I'd recommend so, both, both of those. You like, uh, you like time travel stuff. Um have yeah. you have you seen any of the new uh uh the Stephen Moffat version of uh the time traveler's wife that's on HBO Max? You know what? I no, you know, and here's the reason why. When I saw the time traveler's wife in the bookstore, it looked more like a Danielle Steele novel. It was more of a it seemed like a time traveling romance. And I really had oh, no yeah. freaking news I mean, for it. Mailbox or it, let's, but it, it was in it was in the mainstream <laughs> section of the bookstore. Like I didn't see it in the sci-fi section. Like yeah. to me, this was like it, it was taking a a, a sci-fi concept and patch, packing packaging a mainstream story into it. And maybe it was just me. It just looked like a chick book that I, I wasn't interested in. It's the TV series. Okay, so the movie the movie um, with Eric Bana was kind of like that but the tv series is interesting because it's 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 a it's a six series a six episode series so they can take a little more time with some of the concepts and uh and it's just interesting some of the things that they that they that they uh work out you know you've got different versions of the same guy and they're all in the same place because he he's constantly gravitated towards certain parts of his life Mm -hmm. you know so he the basic concept is that he's not, it's, there's not a science thing to it. It's just that he has almost what you would describe as like epilepsy seizures. But when he has them, he travels through time. And uh, usually he, he goes to a lot of the same places over and over. And he's usually attached to his wife at some point. He goes back to see, he, he's, he, he meets her when she's a child. He meets her later in life, you know, and stuff like that. And then there's this, and then there's this whole, overarching thing in the movie that they're making more of a focus on in the series because you know you have to have an arc in a series that he keeps they keep 
predicting that he's going to die at some point, you know, and then they keep showing, well, this is going to happen. You know, there's, there's this mystery, you know, but it's, uh, but it's pretty good. I like it, you know, um, but what what you described to me actually confirms my fears. It's it's really not a science fiction show. No, it's not. It's um, not science it's fiction. Really, it's more fantasy. It's the, the, yeah, it's the time travel is just because because they want mm-hmm. to tell a sappy story about a guy reliving his life with his wife or something. Well, he, yeah, I get it. Just... I, I'd probably watch it and love it and ball my eyes out. But it's like the, <laughs> well, the I time travel. Yet, but... <laughs> I want, but I want like I want like some kind of like science fictional uh, framework to work with. I don't want it. Oh, he just wakes up and he's back in time. Well, because yeah. they're not working with the science with the uh, time travel concept that you can go back in time and you can change anything. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is is what it is. He can't. Yeah, it's more Kurt Vonnegut than H.G. You know, Wells. Yeah, he's talked about he's talked about the fact that he tried to change this. He tried to change. You know, it, it, early in the series, he they show his mother died when he's a kid. I've tried to go and stop that so many times, and it, it never works. Something always stops you from from doing it. You know. Mm. So, um but yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's interesting. They've only they have done three episodes. It's going to be six episodes um overall, but. I mean, maybe I'll give it a shot based on a recommendation from someone like you, who I trust, you know, I know that you're smart and a good consumer. Um, So if you have uh, something good to say, at least that, that bolsters it in my opinion, but you let me know how, if it doesn't shift the bed before episode two, (laughs) and then, then I'll give it a shot. Um, If I, there are just two, two other things that I want to mention mainly for you, Scott, since you're looking for a show that you can watch at work, I would recommend Amazon original reacher. It's uh, Lee yeah, Child or Jack Reacher. I watched the entire thing. Okay. And I adore it. And Sean, I know uh, this was months ago on the show. It had come up and you said, yeah, I watched it to the middle of the first episode and I turned it off. I love Ghosts on CBS. It's uh, yeah. a half hour comedy. <laughs> it and it's on? on it's on Paramount Plus. It's It's like the highest rated show of the last season. It, I need to go know, back and, I and give another I keep thinking I want to watch it, and then I forget it, it exists. It, I, I love don't it. like I sitcoms, just, but it looks like I might enjoy it. It's adorable. It's just it's just fun, you know. And it's yeah. Fun. I need to go back yeah. and give it another shot because so many people have said that they liked it, but yeah, I don't know if I was just expecting something else when I watched it, but you know. I'll, My parents uh, have recommended that show to me on no less than three occasions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you could watch I'll, that in the background at work too. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, it's it's based off of a uh, British comedy. Yeah, it's called so, Ghosts. Yeah. yeah, so you can watch two different versions of it. That's a clever change, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also I uh, almost forgot I did see Doctor Strange in the theaters like second week of its release, and uh, I think. I think yesterday um yesterday or the day before um i finally got around to watching the batman oh really okay you know i watched like the first 45 minutes of it and then we had to stop for some reason because life and i just haven't gone back and i'm not particularly bothered about it that kind of uh, that's my suspicion thank you rick justified but scott what did you i haven't seen either so is multiverse uh, a fun movie uh i yeah i i enjoyed oh yeah it was great it's really good i know you guys have a whole spoiler episode i didn't know who was actually on it because i haven't listened to it because i haven't seen the movie Um, a lot of people said it was boring I have no idea what the hell they were talking about. I don't. Um, either. Yeah. I went in with very low expectations because I had seen a lot of 
not, not necessarily bad reviews, but like people going, you know, texting halfway going. Um, so I was expecting it to suck. It is tons of fun. Um, Good. Good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. I, I, you know, I can't say anything else without spoiling, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I think it it's a is. really well done, fun. You know, if you like Marvel movies, you know, it's, it's not Endgame, but it's also not Thor The Dark World either. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's right I think in there where they were a, expecting a, it to be a, a continuation ride. of uh, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. But technically, this movie was supposed to come out before Spider-Man. So it's 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 go. Sam Raimi doing Marvel and you can't yeah. go wrong with that. It's fun. And they actually let him do his thing. You know, yeah. they didn't. Yeah, it, it has a lot of, of Sam Raimi uh, DNA cool. in it and it shows. Um, if you I, liked Army of Darkness and <clears throat> Evil Dead, you're good to mm-hmm. go. I I was surprised by the antagonist. I enjoyed the um, the alternate takes it's of certain fun. things that we got. Um, I remember this is not a spoiler show. Yeah, don't don't. don't that's saying. that's why I only said what I said. Um, yeah. I think people who who call the movie boring are probably the people who anticipated the story like firmly taking place in like a half dozen different alternate realities when really it mainly takes place in the main reality and one other. And, and they, that's enough. they technically pass through some others on the way, but they don't spend any time in any additional. You're, you're getting universes. into spoiler territory for someone yeah. who has not seen it. Why it <laughs> Scott Spoil the Batman. I, does he does he prance around and like scowl at people? And I thought the Batman punch was bad great. guys. I thought that movie. Was I just fantastic. I got no use for the character, so it's just so, it seems like every other Batman movie. It All wasn't right. bad, but yeah, it movie. was every other goddamn Batman movie. It was. It, you, I, I disagree with that. But. Two, two two things I will give. Two I thought it was nothing to... like any other Batman movie, but okay. <laughs> Well, I, maybe not nothing like other Batman. Was, there were a lot of similarities, but two. I mean, it was about Batman. Yeah, <laughs> two things that I will give the Batman uh, that I was impressed by. One, you see, I touted in the comics as the world's greatest detective, and he does more detecting in this Batman movie than we've ever seen Batman do in any other Batman film. And second, you barely see Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. You barely see him show up at all, and I love that. All right, we have been steadily going through the 100 greatest movies of all time, according to IMDb and their ultimate list. Um, and we've watched some good ones. We've watched some bad ones. Uh, we are about 20% of the way through the list now. And tonight, we're going to talk about one of the modern sci-fi classics, which is number 80 on the list. And it's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, this movie starred Richard Dreyfuss, Terry Garr, and Melinda Dillon. And it was directed by Steven Spielberg. I know there's a lot of other people in the movie too, but those are the, those are the three I wrote down. And uh, when, I said, when I said we'd cover this movie, I, had, I entirely had it in my head that I'd be going back and, and re-watching it this week. But I didn't realize until I started watching it that I don't think I've seen this movie in a linear way in my whole life. I think I've seen pieces of it. Um, I think I've seen the whole movie, just not in order, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, it's one of those movies that was on all the time in the nineties on cable, you know, so it was easy to pick up 30 minutes of it here and, and 
you know, you kind of figure it. If you watch the second half of it, you can pretty much figure out what you've missed so far. So, um, but I've, uh, what I got out of it was it's, it's a pretty good movie. It, it was a really good movie. It's, it, it's got some performances from good actors, but to be honest, this movie is dull, but that doesn't mean I didn't like it. It just means it's not an exciting movie, you know, and I know it wasn't meant to be, but it came out the same year as Star Wars. So I think a lot of people were expecting it to be. <laughs> um, the whole thing is about making contact with aliens. So there's an, uh, w- we'll get into the plot a little bit, but I want to find out what you guys uh, uh, thought of it. And Chris, I, I know you haven't seen it in a while. You didn't actually watch it for this, right? So No, no, I didn't even know you guys were going to be talking about it, but I felt like coming in on talking about uh, For All Mankind, just for Rick. Um my my relationship with the movie scott is uh not scott uh sean my relationship with the movie sean the host of the show is is just like yours i remember it uh, like almost like a pastiche in my mind of of different scenes i think i've seen it through all the way once um it was but it was like a huge like an event movie when i was a kid uh unfortunately i was too young to go to the theater i never would have seen it in the theater i do recall it being on like the abc movie of the week or something and i think that's where i saw most of what i saw but the thing in my house my dad doesn't like richard dreyfus so if there was a richard dreyfus movie nine times out of ten we'd turn it off i think we watched close encounters because it was just such an event and I remember a good deal of it, but I don't remember how I feel about it. I, I it, it's, it's good high concept sci-fi. I just sort of remember uh, different characters moping around because the aliens are somehow connecting with them, and they have they're they're compelled to go see. And of course, the the because I was a kid, the most action-packed part of the movie that I can recall, besides the very end when they're at the landing strip is when I guess the aliens were trying to get into that woman's house and every way they come in, she just thwarts them and she, she just, she gets away. And um, I, I don't remember. Was that like a woman and a kid in that scene? I just remember a lot, a lot of wind and a lot of lights. Yeah. Yeah. That's where they take the kid. Yeah. He climbs up the little doggy door and they take him. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I have, I have neutral memories of it. But uh, I, I'm not opposed to rewatching it. It's just I never have. Okay. Yeah. Rick, what about you? You rewatched it, right? I yeah. You know, it's it's funny. I had much the same memories as as y'all. Um, when you said we're going to watch Close Encounters, I was like, oh god, I don't want to sit through this movie again. Um, the last time I watched it was what 20 years ago when they released the super extended version which had like, you know, 15 minutes of extra footage of Richard Dreyfuss going into the, into the spaceship at the end. And I was like, oh my God, this movie is so freaking long and dull and boring. Um, I, was, I, I watched the director's cut. Why the hell Steven Spielberg needed a director's cut? I don't know, but it's like Blade Runner. There's like 14 different cuts of this movie out there. Um, but on, on uh, Amazon Prime, they have two versions. And one is the original cut and one is the director's cut. And there's like a five minute difference. So I went with the director's cut. Why not? I can live through five more minutes. Um, and I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, 
you know, nothing in it was new, uh, but it was not as dull and plotting as I expected it to be, as I remembered it being. Now, yes, I think the movie is probably 20 minutes longer than it needs to be. Um, but also, you know, 1977, they, they, you know, movies moved at a different pace then. So uh, you can certainly see almost every Spielbergism you'll ever see again in this movie. You know, there's the, the, the crotch level shots of bad guys. There's the, the red lights behind stuff with smoke. There's the, the clouds roiling in the sky. Um, but, and, and, and there's also like nonsensical scenes, like the, the scene where, where the aliens take, take the, the, the kid. There's no explanation for it. And, you know, I, I, I don't need everything spelled out for me, but a lot of the stuff that the alien that happens to the people in the movie, there's no reason for it. You know, just all of a sudden, these aliens who have apparently been dealing with the government, you know, the U.S. government or the, you know, the international government for years, suddenly decide to just go out and start screw with, screwing with people. Um, and, you know, and flying around and stuff. And it, it's, I don't, I don't know how much of a background y'all have in ufology but when i was a kid i was i believed everything i believed in ufos i believed in bigfoot i believed in the loch ness monster you know cryptids all of this stuff and i i would i read so many books about ufos uh you know now i know (laughs) it's all bullshit um it's all made up and you know hoaxed pictures and stuff but like Watching this movie, it was like, oh, this is based on this and this is based on that. Um, so I, I really enjoyed, I found it moved a lot faster than I thought it would. Um, that being said, Richard Dreyfus's character, Neely, Neely, Neary, Neary, anyway, is a, is a, is a complete, Neary, Neary is a complete dumbass. His wife is, and, and I love Terry Garr, but she was an absolute shrew in this. Um, Melinda Dillon was wonderful. I, I really enjoyed watching her, but, you know, she was kind of reduced to tight jeans and an open shirt. Now I really have to go back and rewatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, For anybody who doesn't know, Melinda Dillon is Ralphie's mom in A Christmas exactly, Story. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's... It's a seminal film. I'm actually kind of stunned it's so low in the AFI 100 or AFI or IMDb. Anyway, IMDb, yeah. 80 is, I I, I think it's kind of criminal. Um, Yes, there have been much better science fiction films made since, but, you you know, put in a historical context, I think this is an incredibly important movie. You know, like 2001, you can't always get through 2001 in one sitting. You know, I'll admit that I love the movie and it's boring as hell uh, at some points. Uh, and so and so is this movie. But I think it 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 really laid the groundwork. 2001 or, or 2001 Close Encounters in Star Wars really changed the landscape of science fiction filmmaking. Um, and while you can, you can really see a lot of Spielberg's trademarks in this movie i think it's it, it's an incredibly well done film especially the end the, the you know dennis murin's model work is un is just amazing you know it, it this is peak uh you know nascent ilm uh model work 
the, the only thing I didn't like was the, 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 the alien at the end, the, the, the long one, the big one with the long arms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so clearly just, we, we put this together real fast. We give me some silly putty and some paint. <laughs> it was a, it was a puppet. Uh, it was a life-size puppet. And, um, they had tried to do it CGI, but uh, well, they didn't. Even Spielberg did. Well, yeah, I mean, they had. Steven Spielberg said that uh, what they brought him did not look believable, so he went with the puppet instead. So <laughs> yeah, and that didn't that barely work either. But yeah, um, you know, I, I I found certain choices to be questionable. Uh, you know, the 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 the, the Francois Truffaut is it, am I is is yeah. that who played the Frenchman? Yes. Yeah. Um, the fact that they they committed to the fact that he didn't speak English, and so they had uh, Dr. Chandra, I forget the actor's name. Bob uh, Balaban, translate. the only Bob time Balaban, I've ever yeah, seen him Translating for him through the whole movie. You know, I would have liked to have seen, like, at the beginning, like, all right, you're translating for this guy, and then somehow just fade out of that. <laughs> but... Uh, but overall, I was I was impressed at how well this movie held up over time, and how well the special effects held up over time. Yeah, Scott, what about you? Um, Rick hit on the, the the main takeaway for me, which was this movie looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It still looks amazing. Um, at, a, a lot of that is credit to the special effects. A lot of that is credit to uh, Steven Spielberg's filmmaking. Uh, he made a, a great looking film. Uh, I wish that I liked more of the characters. I have to agree that uh, uh, Roy Neary is kind of insufferable at times. Uh, now, yes, I understand that the character is slowly to a degree losing his mind because uh, he has a, an obsession that was created, possibly, likely, created by the close contact he had with the aliens because he's not the only person that is that is behaving this way um but it seemed that in some ways you might say that seems like kind of a dysfunctional family the kids are just raising hell all the time and dad's not really engaged and mom is like uh not really caring so much uh but then you know it was 1977 Sometimes people in my generation feel like, oh, well, that's just how it was all the time. <laughs> that's not unusual. Well, um, I mean, then, you talk about a dad that goes out to get a pack of cigarettes and never comes back. Richard Dreyfus got on a spaceship and left. <laughs> but never to see his children again. <laughs> but it, it did seem to me that you know, they they have their little you know idiosyncratic way that the family interacts with each other. Um right up until the point where two things happen simultaneously. One, it becomes undeniably clear that Richard Dreyfuss is having um, a, a mental collapse. He, he's, he's having some type of a uh, emotional break and he needs help and he knows it and he's begging for it. And at the exact same moment, that's when his wife decides, I cannot deal with one more moment of you. You are literally begging me to just put my arms around you and hold you, my spouse that I pledged to, you know, be with in sickness and in health and in some mental instability. All you want is to be held, and that is going to, 
As far as you can tell, that is going to fix everything if I just hold you for a minute. So get the hell away from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she takes a bit of a character turn at that point. And it's, it was really at that moment. And when she's yelling at the kids, get, I also couldn't understand like the, like the oldest son just completely going off on his dad, calling him a crybaby over and over and over again. It's like, what'd this guy ever do to you? Yeah. Your da- dad's having a rough time. Give him a break. So the kid does that. The wife says, you know what? I'm not going to help you. Get away from me. I'm I'm not going to hold you because you are clearly in emotional pain. I think that scene was only put there so we could get rid of the family and replace them with, uh, uh, was it what, Melinda? Melinda Dillon. Melinda yeah. Dillon. Yeah. Just a full-on replace with her. And she and Roy... Boom, together for the rest of the movie. And from the moment that they reconnect uh at it's Tower. it's it's in Wisconsin, right? That's that's where they reconnect. Wyoming. That's Wyoming. Wyoming. Wyoming, sorry, sorry, that's what I meant. Um the, yeah, the, the W was there. Yeah. That's where they reconnect, and from that moment when they have that hug, it's like, oh, they're in love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's just well, what I well, took when away they from kissed, that. I was like, uh, uh? That, <laughs> That did come a little bit out of nowhere, but I was half expecting it just because of how connected they were from the moment they saw each other again in Wyoming till the end of the film. It's like, oh yeah, well, yeah. obviously. Well, that's, by the way, I haven't happening. I haven't seen the film, but do you think that that uh, the fact that he was so estranged from his family might have been some kind of symbolism for the fact that he is alienated in like his own life, and maybe that's why he has this affinity for the aliens themselves, and maybe it's some metaphor or well it's i'm just going on pretty quickly even here even before he sees the aliens even before he has his close encounter he's kind of a a, you know a a fuck up sorry i've been good we've done a show and a half (laughs) (laughs) um you know i think you let you you let one slip earlier i I, no i didn't i (laughs) Stop. Moving on. Anyway, you know, he would he was like he would like stop in the middle of the road and open up a map and like while he's driving, he's lost, yeah. While he's driving and then you know block traffic and stuff and and uh you know, he was he was he was established pretty quickly as kind of a waste of time. And then he but, and then he shouts at the other guy and calls him a turkey. Did people really call each other that in the 70s? Was that like a like a sick was, burn in the 70s was, was to call someone a turkey? Yeah, it you was. Turkey? Well, it was something you could say it was, it was TV safe. Yeah. It was TV safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you call someone a jive turkey? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, 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 I, I love Terry Gar. I always have, you know, Blazing Saddles. And of course, you know, she was in, in uh, Assignment Earth on Star Trek. Not and Blazing so, Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Oh, did I say Blazing Saddles? I yeah, meant Young Frankenstein. Oh, God. Please. Madeline <laughs> Kahn is rolling over in her grave. Yeah, I was gonna, if if you actually edited shows, please edit. <laughs> um, but you know her character was just that the whole family was awful. They were such a caricature of of just. She was so concerned about appearances from the get go that anything he did that that looked out of place now grand you know by the by the end he's you know throwing dirt shit through the kitchen window um 
and and you know her whole concern was all of the neighbors are seeing you be crazy yeah yeah uh but and that reminded me a lot of my mom um who was very very much more concerned with appearances than than substance Hmm. uh and so i i could sort of relate to him but also you know he he was expecting people to tolerate his incompetence um so yeah the, the characters in this film are they're a lot like like early asimov characters where they're you know this like like foundation uh, i've been thinking a lot talking a lot about foundation not not on this show but on uh, i've been on a, a friend's show and been reading a lot of foundation as a result of that and reading the reading the prequels asimov wrote just before he died and it's like you read these and you're like i kind of wish we could go back to the days when you didn't write women because you write them so badly um you know these characters so he was the Aaron Sorkin of his time gotcha okay um you know these characters were all such caricatures of people because Spielberg wasn't interested in the characters he was interested in the story interested in the aliens and in the what the aliens were doing to people and kind of tying into the lore the ufologist the the sitting on on the mountainside looking for something and and imagining that you saw it and you know you're i i love the instamatic camera i hadn't seen a film cartridge like that <laughs> since i was a kid yeah um you know and they got that that the the the, the flash bar and you know um you know there was a lot of there was a lot of nostalgia in this movie but it could have been cut down almost by half i think and still the story would have held up because a lot of the character development really wasn't it was just here are these people being almost you know flintstones caricatures of people <laughs> and so having more of that really isn't helping to expand on what we understand about them it's just i saw this no you didn't yes i did I'm going to build this thing out of my mashed potatoes and dirt and clay and you're killing us all. You're so crazy. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Give me back my baby. They took the baby. Oh, hey, uh, all right. I'm just going to be sad now. Yeah. Everything you know, that happens in the first 90 minutes is just to get those characters to go to devil's tower. Yeah. Now I will say this about devil's tower, which I, I did some research because, um, I thought the, the 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 model of Devil's Tower looked really fake. That's what it looks like. Oh yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. it really looks like you know it, it, all of those vertical lines. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and it's you know erosion and stuff, but it really looks like that. Yeah, yeah, and there's a uh, there's a KOA campground at Devil's Tower, and they showed this movie every night. <laughs> at like the drive-in at the campground and uh and so technically this movie has been screened more than any other movie ever made because 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 they show it every night there so i'm not surprised um Go, going back real quick just for a second to what rick said about uh uh you know the the one family i saw something no you didn't yes i did you're killing uh yeah you're the worst and then jump over to to the other house where it's just uh jillian and barry Barry, Barry, yeah, yeah, yeah. B- Barry was the kid, 
Um, and oh no, the aliens took the kid. Well, well, no, no bloody surprise. The aliens took the kid. That woman does nothing to keep that kid in one spot. He is the least sitting stillest kid you've ever seen. <laughs> that kid is always on the move. So I, that's the type of mom who, if she wants the kid to, you know, not stand in the middle of the goddamn road, like he does in this movie, you have to literally leash the kid to you. She doesn't even try to hold on to him. She knows that that kid went out of the house and into the fields and she had to walk after him for miles to catch him. And yeah. yet when they go back the next night to watch for the aliens, she leaves him on his own so she can go walk dozens of yards away to go find Roy and talk to him and leaves the kid unattended with some stranger who wants to take photos for maybe a newspaper. Let's hope. Weird. <laughs> it's weird that she leaves the kid unattended. The kid starts going off and doing something else. She never says, hey, get back here. No, it's a Barry, 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 Barry. Oh, no. <laughs> she, it, it, it's hard to have sympathy with her as a character and as a mother for who lost her child. And it's like, you weren't really keeping a hold of the child. <laughs> When the space shuttle comes up and, and, and causes all of his toys to come alive and he, and he he goes downstairs, why are all the electrical appliances downstairs not going haywire too? It's just his toys upstairs. Well, because <laughs> obviously he's special. Why they, are the they aliens, were focused on you him. Know, doing this yeah. in the movie? Um, why were the aliens focused on the kid? We don't know. They they never tell us. But uh, well, didn't didn't a whole bunch of uh, like a whole bunch of people come out of the spaceship at the end of the movie? Yeah, everybody like, that had been supposedly yeah, World been War Two or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, the pilots the of, of Flight Nineteen, which I thought that was cool because that's that's one of the the the. Lo- I mean, they have since figured out that Flight Nineteen just got lost and ran out of fuel and ditched in the ocean. Um, but you know that was one of the biggest at the time. Bermuda Triangle slash alien mm-hmm. yeah. conspiracy conspiracy I've, theories. Yeah, like, I've read about there were that. these yeah. these six or seven P thirties P P twenty eights. I forget. Um, they they flew out of Miami and flew into the Bermuda Triangle, and we can do a whole show about that. Thing. I think I did it the flip side. Of, didn't they find them in like a Georgia swamp there, like big Georgia swamp land? No, no. They actually they found the planes in the in. in the oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, on the on the on the, the sea floor, you're right. I, I forgot about that. And basically, what happened was there, you know, there it, it was the, the the weather was bad. I think it was nighttime. There the the lead his compass was wrong, or or you know he 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 basically they thought they were going east when they were going west, and then they all they just ran out of fuel because they thought they were heading towards land and they were going further out to sea, and then they 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 crashed in the water. Um, but that was, you know, one of the big UFO things was flight 19 disappeared. And then, and then there was that, that Russian ship that they found in the, in the, in the desert. And it's like, there's all of these bits in the film that contribute to the lore, but they never make any sense. Why did the aliens drop a boat in the desert? You know, why did the planes show up in another desert, but they had the pilots on their ship, um, you know, and, and I know that they tried to explain, you know, in the, in the later editions where nearing, we, we follow Dreyfus up into the ship and then we see the, you know, 
hundreds of thousands of aliens in there, but it still doesn't explain anything. It's just, oh, he's in the ship and he's looking marveled and then the ship flies and it still flies away. Um, I, I think it's, you know, you have to take this film in the context of the time it was made. Um, and I, I say that a lot, but I think this film really needs to be looked at from the point of view of we'd never seen anything like it before. Uh, you know, by by current standards, you're like, wow, there's a lot of loose ends left. Um, but this was a special effects extravaganza. And the story was pretty clearly secondary to just let's wow the audience with lights and ships and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was watching it. And there were several scenes that reminded me of a later movie. I don't know if any of you, Chris, you probably saw it. Batteries not included. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. that was um, a cute movie. Yeah, it was. It was adorable. Um, yeah. But it was very clear that some of the stuff that was pioneered in Close Encounters was used in in Batteries Not Included. I and have to go back and rewatch both. It, it yeah, Batteries Not Included is it's a wonderfully sweet movie that will make you cry if you have a soul. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, but I, I found it very enjoyable. If I didn't try to worry too much about the fact that the story isn't that tight but it really doesn't need to be um you know this is this is kind of a you know a a comic book story and i know i don't want to say that to denigrate comic books but you know earlier comics they didn't sweat story so much they were just like bat sow pow and and you know bright costumes and and uh, you know, tight jeans and, and loose shirts and stuff. And, and that's, that's what this movie is. It's, it's summer blockbuster Spielberg trying to regain, you know, re- reclaim the, the, the uh, wave that he got with, pardon my pun, but, you know, with Jaws. And I think he did a pretty good job. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't meant to be high art. It was just meant to be an intriguing story, but I think it opened up a lot of doorways that maybe they didn't expect to open up. Um, I just want to point, I got a couple of little trivia nuggets to throw out. Carrie, Carrie Guffey is the kid that played Barry. And they said that his performances were so good. They only had to do one or two takes for each shot that he was in. So he became known as one take Carrie. And uh, Steven Spielberg had a T-shirt printed up for him that said "One Take Carry." <laughs> mm. uh, Steven Spielberg says that nothing in his life has been more difficult than editing the last thirty-five minutes of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the iconic five-note melody was a a chance arrangement that both composer John Williams and Steven Spielberg happened to like out of the hundreds that they had to choose from. Uh, and this movie kind of went the backwards way because usually they film the movie and then they record the score. This one, they recorded the score and then edited the movie to fit it. So it was, uh, it was a, a, a different way to, to do things, but it worked, I guess. Um, that tone, that five note tone is also used in Moonraker. And you, and if you ever stood in the queue line at, uh, Disney World for store tours. You probably heard it in there too. <laughs> Actually, well, well, maybe it was it was 
Universal had that for a while. Had what? Had Spielberg stuff like E.T. was at Universal. No, I, I know, but Star Tours, they just, they during the during the line, when they would come over and make an announcement, before the announcement, they would play those five notes. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, um, so Steven Spielberg cast Harry Gar in the film after he saw her work in a coffee commercial. And they said that he was impressed that she was able to convey a wide range of emotions in just a 30-second clip. Uh, it's important to note, even though those two actresses, Terry Gore and Melinda Dillon, are in the movie, this movie does not pass the Bechtel test because, they, no. for one thing, they never talk to each other. Uh, and also, they're apparently women don't do science in Spielberg's uh, 70s America yeah. because none of those math people or scientists nope. or anybody were women. <laughs> There was also a very strange cameo by Lance Henriksen. And I, I only call it a cameo because he was he was in the crowd at Devil's Tower after the, the mothership showed up. And it was like the camera focused on him for about three seconds and then went away. He hadn't didn't have any lines, wasn't in any scene previous or after. It was just there was a close-up of Lance Henriksen, Bishop from Aliens. Mm-hmm. He, he was uh, in a scene before that. Was he? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I didn't notice him until they did that close-up. I was like, the f- where, where did he come from? <laughs> it, it was um, a, a scene not too long before that in at, like whatever trailer was being used for, for an, an office for whoever the military guy was. I mean, he was yeah. a general or something. Um, but he's talking with, I think he's talking with uh, Bob Balaban and Francois Truffaut. And Lance Henriksen is guy in the background with some papers. <laughs> okay. And I think he might have a line or two as he comes up and hands papers over. For a second, I thought, is that a really young Scott Glenn? But then he stepped forward and he hands <laughs> up, whoa, that's the youngest Lance Henriksen I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of cameos, going back to our... Um... Not well, not cameo, but going back to our discussion of Obi Wan from a few minutes ago, since I'm I'm wrapping up here, uh, Flea, Flea was in uh, Obi Wan. Well, he it wasn't a cameo; he had a pretty big part. He's one of the bad guys. Was he the one that that kidnapped the kid? Yeah, I thought that yeah. was Acid Guy from from RoboCop. No, no, it's the Flea from the Chili Peppers. No, a- Acid oh, Guy right. from RoboCop is Paul McCrane, and that was not him. No, oh, all right. I I don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, so I I wouldn't know them to look at them well you you've seen back to the, the back to the future trilogy flea is in that too first i've heard of he's, it. he's the guy that uh marty's uh racing against where he's, he's needles origin. yeah needles there yeah. you go okay I, I i have admitted this heresy before i am not a huge fan of back to the future <laughs> i don't dislike it but it's i i if i really am ambivalent to it our but next will never find out <laughs> Our next movie that uh, we'll be watching for this list is number 79, and it is The Green Mile, based on the novel by Stephen King. I have not watched that again. I'm not on that show. (laughs) I endured it once. It's a really good movie that I never, ever want to see again. Wow. If you've seen it, it, you're good. (laughs) uh, That's that's a trauma I don't need to revisit. I read those books 
uh, or that book, The Green Mile, it's sitting right there. Uh, that was the show that we were going to do next on the Castle Rock TV podcast before Skip pulled the rug out from under us. So ah, well then I almost, I almost did a whole. You know, we did. We were going to do the books and then the movie. So the book is the movie. So wow, yeah. sneak peek. I, I mean, it's a really good film. I'm glad I've seen it. I'm. I never want to watch it again because boy is that still a scar (laughs) (laughs) but that is the next one on the list so uh we'll uh we'll do that one next month um that's going to do it for this week make sure you check out our patreon at patreon.com slash infinite potato we just did a commentary for the last man on earth and that's available now so go and check that out you can join for as little as three dollars per month and uh you get extra perks if you go up to the five or the ten dollar level so I want to thank everybody for being here. Rick, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It was Let everybody fun. know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me probably hiding behind the, the, the trash cans playing poker with the raccoons. Okay. All right. <laughs> Scott, what about you? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, climbing up the dark side of the, of the tower, trying to get to the thing and avoiding the stuff. Um, besides that, you can see me here on uh, Cosmic Potato, occasionally on that Star Trek podcast, um, every now and again on Captain Game Show, still slowly working on getting my next podcast project off the ground. Um, it requires editing, which I'm very bad at actually sitting down and doing. Uh, but uh, for those of you who listen to that Star Trek podcast, you probably heard me mention last time that I am working on coming up with content that I will be able to create uh, in Las Vegas for the 56-year mission, Las Vegas, the big Star Trek convention out there. I'm going to try and come up with some sort of content that I can bring back and share on that or that that podcast. So uh, keep your ears open when we get to uh, early September, and I should have some, uh, hopefully, cool insights and, and material connected with that big-ass Star Trek con. All right. Chris, what about you? Where can we find you? I am a host of the Quantum Leap Podcast, and you can find us at quantumleappodcast.com. Lots of great stuff going on over there. So if you're a Quantum Leap fan or a time travel fan or a fan of Chris, check it out. (laughs) All right. And if you want to know how to get in touch with us, just stay tuned and announce from Nate. We'll tell you in just a moment. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say... I'm sorry I didn't watch the movie, guys, but, uh, you know, come come listen to Captain Game Show sometime. <laughs> Bye. That's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Fredo's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, brought to you by InfinitePotato.com. Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast day.